All right, guys, welcome back to the Business Shift podcast. So excited. We have JP joining me today as our guest. So JP is owner and founder of The Tripreneur. He's an entrepreneur, strategist, consultant, and Ironman triathlete. His company helps business owners and entrepreneurs by solving companies' aims to increase productivity and revenue by realigning strategies, identifying their problems, um, strategic management, coaching, and building market competency. So before I bring him on, I'm going to cue the intro and then we'll get into the episode. All right, let's cue that intro. Welcome to The Business Shift, the podcast for online entrepreneurs who are focused on making the shift to business owners. We talk about what it takes to build and grow a thriving digital empire and the transition required as you grow. This is a shift I chose to make in my own business, your client success, and one you'll want to consider making as you grow from solopreneur to business owner. Please share and enjoy. All right. Welcome, JP, to the show. Hi. Good, uh, good morning. Uh, <laughs> it's evening here in the Philippines. Awesome. It's so great uh-huh. to connect with you. So let's just kind of dive right in. I would love to know uh, what your business is more like, more about what your business is about and why you decided to start it. Okay. Uh, the Tripreneur started when I was still uh, in uh, doing my entrepreneur uh, my entrepreneurial ventures uh, before pre-pandemic. Yeah. Uh, so prior to that, uh, I was doing business consultancy and uh, strategic management. So it's more on, uh, like uh, the intro said, it's more on uh, realigning the strategies and, of course, uh, helping them in their, uh, what they call this, uh, their long, long-term problems. And we'll, we'll right. arrive at, uh, uh, of course, I uh, will be building strategies uh, for that. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. cool. Right. Okay, very cool. Yeah, so what kind of, what kind of got you into entrepreneurship and wanting to start your own business? It's definitely not for everybody and it can be difficult as we both know. So what kind of got you into it all? Okay. So after I, I, what they call this, uh, after I resigned from a, uh, government, uh, <clears throat> a government, uh, corporation, I, I was taking up my MBA for, uh, in, uh, prestigious, in a prestigious, uh, university here in the Philippines. And, mm-hmm. Uh, after resigning, uh, I was taking up my MBA, and I saw that M- the strategic management is can be more applied in a in an entrepreneurial setting, not just in the corporate setting. So, with my dad's advice, I I started my first company, which is a printing press, okay, and cool. eventually it it um uh, it followed in a in a transportation what do you call this uh it a transportation corporation so mm-hmm. i was doing uh taxis uh, operating taxis and uh what they call this uh, transport network vehicles which are yeah. uh if you're familiar with uber there in the in yeah. the us yeah so it's uh the counterpart here is grab but prior to that we started with uber philippines as well yeah okay very cool so you mentioned to me like when we were talking a little bit before we started the podcast that long-term business planning right is an integral part of any kind of business. So, what does long-term business planning look like? Okay. Um, well, the process that uh, I'm uh, helping with um, the clients with uh, is called strategic management. So, mm-hmm. it's a long. It's it's again, it's a process. So, identifying the industry first would be a very integral part of the 
process. Yeah. Once you identify your industry, then you break it down on a from a global to the internal scale. So you mm -hmm. start with the macro environments that we call. So you get to uh, check if your uh, the your five forces uh, framework is in intact, or if you've identified your industry well. Then of course the uh, you would be encountering the five forces. Uh, framework and then you go to the macro environment which is uh what they some call the pestle framework p-e-s-t-l-e -E. mm -hmm. so once you identify the external environments of your business then we go to strategy mapping mm -hmm. which is uh locating where your current company is in the in the map uh, in a global industry map so, yeah. so that's why you, how you identify uh where you are currently after that, uh, you go to the internal. So you 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 examine your activities, your internal mm -hmm. activities. That would uh, identify where you at, where you are at within your company. So if you're lacking in what we call the value chain, uh, this uh, this involves uh, human resource, logistics, administration. Uh, uh, everything that's in the value chain. So you have yeah. the ability to. Uh, improve or retain, and then after that you you craft your strategies when by using a compet or um, competitive advantage cycle framework, and after yeah. that you cultivate your own strategies and the implementation from corporate strategy to the what do you call the uh, functional strategy as we call. So mm -hmm. after that implementation and then the execution of the strategies. Mm, okay, so why is why is all of this important to have in a business? All right, uh, it's all important because if you just know one part, uh, you you ju you're just putting up a band aid solution. That's what I think, mm. especially uh, especially when uh, when I was dealing with uh, with my clients prior to the pandemic, they only they only look for a solution for a part of the problem, uh, right. but. What they don't know, if they have a problem with the financial ratios, it affects the whole thing. So mm -hmm. it's not just financial ratios. In another aspect, if you have a problem with your value chain, it also affects your whole operation. And then lastly, if you're operating in the wrong industry, again, it all affects uh, your your plan, your plans, your businesses. Because uh, of all of these are intertwined and they are in harmony. And that starts usually if you've identified your industry right. And, right. Then, uh, in, and then internally, if you have identified your company mission and your ideal purpose and core identity, if you've uh, identified those, then you have your, uh, what we call this, you, you have, your, you've identi identified yourself as, I, 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 with your core values and that makes the business run because you you are your key implementer so mm -hmm. if you're the key implementer uh, your value system would be the, uh, would be you know, would be what we call it's your driver to this business right okay so how do you start by identifying that you're in the right market right or you're in the right niche type thing how do you okay. identify that okay uh first uh you you have to have the industry definition so what is your industry and then you ask yourself what is the need that you're fulfilling 
mm-hmm. right? So when you fulfill, let's say in the printing in the printing business that I've gotten into, uh, so I the printing press that I've uh, built up before. I thought it was in uh, mass media because uh, printing press is a part of uh, mass media due to the printing, uh, printing of newspapers, uh, printing of uh, what he calls of books and everything. But yeah. I found out during my strategic management uh, paper formulation that I was in the wrong industry. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, I was in the printing and graphic design industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, the big difference is uh, in publishing, uh, which is a part of mass media, they mm-hmm. have writers. Mm-hmm. For printing and bra- uh, graphic design, you don't have writers. You just have the freedom of printing and every, right. every, everything. So when I got that clarity of an, uh, of the industry that I'm moving in, so I already uh, I eliminated all of the competitors in the mass media. So I concentrated on the competitors within that industry. And yep. then the market size, the market share went down. And that the opportunity to increase the market share, uh, of course, uh, increased because uh, I, I have lesser competition. So that right. was the, uh, that was the, the underlying. That's the what do you call this? That's the kicker that made me a success. After I I put out that paper, I was able to increase my market share from 0.01 to at least point. Uh, no, no, to almost two percent uh, of the. Uh, market share in the Philippines. Nice. Okay. Wow. So what what took uh, what did it take for you to be able to get that clarity that you were in the wrong industry? How how okay. would somebody know that? Oh, okay. Uh, actually, my professor knew that. Mm. So he told me about that. Uh, you're not uh, the def- the difference between mass media and printing and graphic design is, industry is in printing and graphic design. You don't have any writers. You just they just uh, pass you the finished product, and then uh, that's it. You you print it. The end product is there. Right. Whereas when you are doing mass media or publishing, you also have a printing press there. But you have to write first. Like in the newspapers, they have their printing press, but they have writers. Mm. Uh, books, they have writers. So that you, before you, you publish, they have writers. Mm-hmm. So and then uh, and last thing, if you're a big publishing firm, you don't print. Uh, just graphic design, uh, graphic designed images, or uh, or any like marketing collaterals. Uh, they just don't accept those uh, kind of collaterals. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, kind of through your work, what are some of the most common mistakes companies make when it comes to strategic management, and how can they avo- avoid these mistakes? Okay. Um... Common misconception is uh, strategic management is they identify it with strategic planning. Mm-hmm. What's the okay. difference between the two? Okay, uh, strategic planning you could only do uh, you could probably do, do do that in two days or two or three days uh, because uh, uh, usually the misnomer there is uh, strategic planning. It's more on it's like the two day retreat. Uh-huh. They identify their uh, they identify their the problems. They do this Ishikawa Ishik. Uh, I'm not sure about the diagram. It's yeah. more on and then uh, you do the SWOT or TOS, and then after that you present uh, with uh, you present it with strategies and solutions. That's usually within a department of a company, uh-huh. but it can be done company wide. But uh, again, for strategic management, this is a long process uh, mm-hmm. and long continuing and evolving process. So in the event uh, that there's a macro environmental change, that's not uh, le- like let's say uh, pri- prior to the pandemic. So 
before uh, what do you call this when you when you pay uh, there's uh, no, no there there were less cash uh, cashless transactions mm-hmm. but when the pandemic hit which is a global phenomenon and at, and right. uh, it was a major shift or what we call the major macro environmental event that really affected whole facets of businesses everywhere right. worldwide yep then the increase in uh, cashless payments uh, of course uh, it happened uh, because uh, due to hand to hand transmissions yeah they really had to adapt so uh, cashless transactions was a hit before but not necessarily something being adapted to right but when the pandemic hit it became the go to uh, transaction uh, mode Mm, okay okay so there uh in short so strategic management uh it it blends into the current event so once one shift happens it affects your macro environment it affects everything so from the macro environment to the value chain analysis to the even the market share uh, your identification from the market the strategic map that you're having it it en- encompasses everything every a uh, major macro environmental event would have an effect in strategic planning you can plan for that okay so how do you as a business owner how would you successfully plan for the long term while also being willing to adapt to constant changes so you have a plan but making sure that it's not completely like thrown out the window when something changes okay uh so first question was um okay so how do i adapt is that right yeah, how do you plan? Like, do strategic management mm, when okay. there's constant changes in the world? Okay. Uh, well, when when you're doing strategic management, uh, you you really have to check on the global events, as, uh, like what's happening right mm-hmm. now, because uh, uh, when these uh, changes or these events would have an effect on all industries, and if mm-hmm. you don't adapt to that quickly. You will be left behind. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, uh, with a, uh, I'm not sure if the, everybody's uh, going to say this is a scam or what. With a cryptocurrency mm-hmm. before, before it was just nothing. It, it was just like, uh, it was not necessarily something to be crazy about. Right. But when the shift from currency to cryptocurrency happened, everybody was, uh, everybody wanted to to grasp that uh, cryptocurrency during that time to the point that they can't afford it anymore so yep. that tiny shift uh cost a lot uh a lot for other investors or, or for other players in that uh industry mm-hmm. right. so when you when when you get to plan to read usually you just read either current events you read books you read articles and then when you see a noticeable shift in the in your industry you try to adapt it slowly so that's the beauty of strategic management. When you you're, when you're able to identify such events, you can uh, easily do it uh, with your existing strategy. Can you mm. do Can you do something like uh, let's adjust this? Let's let's adjust our uh, logistics here. Let's let's adjust uh, adjust the uh, human resource here. Like there's an influx of freelancers here. Why don't we shift the uh, our operations from work for, from home to physical to hybrid. So those right. are max, those, those are changes that, <clears throat> of course, are being implemented now, and that's a result of the ever changing events uh, glo- uh, globally. 
Right. Okay. And so you do that by keeping on top of what is happening in the world and understanding where the market is going, understanding where things are going in order to be able to adjust. Is that right? Yes. Awesome. Okay. So how can a business um, or how can rather strategic management practices still be used to foster innovation um, or an organization um, and drive growth? Because being strategic, like using strategic management is you're probably pretty strict. So how can you still kind of foster it within your company to encourage people to be creative, to grow and to, you know, um, present new ideas? Actually, um, one of my professors uh, to, uh, wrote an article about technological strategy. It's a part. It's actually a part of uh, strategic management evolving uh, mm -hmm. from being a classic strategic mo uh, management uh, model uh, model or some sort. Uh, new frameworks are are being discovered every day, every day, every week, every year. So yeah. one of my professors, uh, he was able to uh, uh, formulate. A framework for strategic uh, for technological strategy. So mm -hmm. uh, he was he was the one who uh, suggested cloud uh, cloud computing uh, uh, connecting to the cloud. Well, for a telecommunications company here, he was the right. one who who uh, who suggested it to the owner of the company, and yeah. it changed the culture of that uh, uh, said company. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, the, the evolution from the classic uh, strategic management to the modern strategic management uh, uh, with the help of uh, new frameworks, of course, uh, there would be uh, room for growth or room for innovation and uh, technically the ad adaptability from, uh, from the classic to the modern, mm -hmm. it just increases the creativity of uh, of uh, everybody in the from the classic workplace to the uh, global and uh, online workplace okay okay that's awesome so um i really appreciate everything that you've been saying so far so last question that i have for you is what are some of the best practices for measuring like the effectiveness of some like a company's strategic management plan and how can they make the necessary adjustments in order to make um, ensure success. Okay, uh, you, they just have to make sure that uh, their strategies are being effectively implemented and executed. Yeah. Because uh, when you when you plan, uh, that's just a plan. But when you yeah. implement it, uh, and then it would show result. And when you execute it, you would know where you're going uh, mm -hmm. if it's right or wrong. And the good thing about uh, when you when you've done the implementation and then the execution, uh, you see you see uh, where it goes, right? Where it goes. So when you see where it goes, uh, and then uh, there was a shift that made the the let's say the the market share that you're aiming for suddenly drop. So there's a problem. You you can easily pinpoint it either with a value chain, uh, yeah. again with the internal or external activities that's uh, mm -hmm. that the company has. So with, with that, uh, keeping uh, close attention to these uh, small changes uh, and at the same time with the implementation and execution of these strategies, mm -hmm. uh, you would be able to follow it up and at the same time make the necessary adjustments. So that's, uh, that's why strategic management is a beauty because it, uh, 
you're doing it for the long term. It's not just five years. It may go for 30 years. I've known right. some companies that are more than 30 years and they haven't changed their uh, uh, strategic management frameworks that yeah. they're implementing. And yet they're still on the up curve. So wow. again, um, uh, these are case-to-case basis. If, uh, if, you, if your company doesn't really, uh, really have that much of a direction, then you might want to consider... Uh, looking for a strategic management consultant for this one because uh, they may be the right people to to check on your company. Right. Okay, that's amazing. So if people want to get help with their strategic management, how can they uh, contact you? How can they get in contact with you and connect with you if if that's something that they are looking to do? Uh, sure. Uh, well, I, I have my personal Facebook page. Uh, uh, it's JP Adoremos. And then mm-hmm. for my Facebook page uh, for the Tripreneur, that's uh, facebook.com slash the Tripreneur. Uh, that's a tri for triathlon and then preneur for awesome. entrepreneur. So awesome. there, I just I just joined that. Uh, I just coined that term, but probably someone, someone used it prior to me, but I just used it for my business name. I love the term. I think it's great. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Is there anything you want to add before we finish up for today? Well, uh, nothing. You um, keep uh, reading, keep analyzing, uh, keep on planning, and hopefully you get to uh, uh, plan strategically. Uh, and if you need help, uh, there's uh, people uh, ready to help for this one. Amazing. Thank you so much. Let's go ahead and cue the outro. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Business Shift, where we chat about no-nonsense insights and strategies to help you transform your online business into a successful empire. If you or someone you know is an online business owner and are looking to increase the retention and ascension of their programs and outsource their fulfillment, I would love to connect. You can connect with us at yourclientsuccess.com. Until next time, keep shifting your business towards success.